Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. All right, we're in our series on discipleship. I'm going to be in Matthew. I'm going to be in the Sermon on the Mount this morning, Matthew chapter 6 and 7, if you want to find your way there. Uh, I was gone last week, um, and I, I uh, took Jonathan back to, uh, to college, and then I, I set out to um, have a little prayer retreat, just some time alone with, with God. Obviously, I had 17 hours of driving down and 17 hours of driving back, which... I'm one that just, I love windshield time. There's just something about the road, especially West Texas, that uh, with all, you can see as far as you can imagine, right? That there's just something about that, this, the very therapeutic and uh, just great time of prayer, right? Being with the Lord. And um, so I'm going to share a little bit about that. We're going to talk about prayer this morning and uh, being in the school of prayer. Uh, just a little recommendation. One of the things we'll be adding to our toolkit as far as uh, those of you who do enter into discipleship group is this book. It's a classic by Andrew Murray called With Christ in the School of Prayer. How many of you have gone through that before? Anybody aware of that at all in here? With Christ in the School of Prayer? Okay, it's a classic. And um, he just goes through all the main passages uh, where Jesus talks about prayer, right? And uh, it's powerful. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing toolkit and, uh, and, and, and uh, a tool to use to, to just kind of enter back in and to just have a, have a... They're excited, man, excited about what's going on here. I like that. And uh, by the way, just want to put a blessing on all the kids. We've got babies popping out everywhere. This is a super exciting time. And, and so, you know, make sure to get us those pictures so we can celebrate. And, uh, but uh, super exciting what's going on with all of our young uh, families. And, uh, and just the support that's there. We need that, especially, right? Young moms and dads, right? So it's good stuff. But anyway, with Christ in the school of prayer. And so I took this tool again, um, been through it several times in the past, and just used that to help guide my, my kind of prayer retreat to just recalibrate my prayer life. And just to be really vulnerable and honest with you is that, uh, boy, the more I kind of got into it, the more it was kind of like, man, my prayer life sucks. So I hope that doesn't shock you, but that's just the only way I have to put it. Um, and it was just like, Lord. Wake, get, get me, wake me up, reestablish this connection, get me back, right, to, to that place of, of, of longing to be with you. If you miss everything else I say, just let this thing hang with you. Jesus is beckoning. There's only one thing that he really taught his disciples to do. Guess what? It was to pray. Teach us how to pray, Lord. They didn't say, teach us how to preach, teach us how to heal, teach us. He, he, he learned, they learned how to do all that. But you know, the most essential thing in the Christian life, the most essential thing in discipleship, and it's amazing how we don't focus on it, it's to pray, to learn how to pray. All the time. All the time, continually. What does it look like to pray? And so I just want to throw out some big questions for us is, how did you learn how to pray? We, we assume so much. We assume that it's natural. And there is some element of it, but do you realize it's more natural for a young child to pray than it is for an adult? 
You know what happens? Because childlike faith, right? Unless you become like a child to God, what? You can't enter the kingdom of God. What happens is a child is no problem. But the older we get, what happens? This intellect takes over and we become doers and, and, and we look at things. And the older we get, what happens is, is this, this, it gets harder to pray because, you know, I'm more focused on my doing, right? And so how did you learn how to pray? Did somebody teach you how to pray? And folks, again, this is what's so great about Murray's book is he goes through all, when you, when you hit all the main passages one after another like a shotgun of Jesus teaching us about prayer, it's overwhelming. And uh, we're just going to just scratch the surface here this morning on this, right? And uh, the second question is this, are you still learning how to pray? How are you continuing to grow in your prayer life right now? What does that look like? How, how are you jolting your prayer? You know, there's nothing more important in your life. Nothing more sets the tone for your entire the course of your life. And I can give testimony after testimony. We're going to come back to the, some of the basics here this morning, but in my own life of just, man, when that, when, that, when that falls away in my life, a whole bunch of other stuff falls away with it. And if I want clarity, if, if, if we're struggling with clarity, we're going to see God promises to answer your prayer. Do you pray like that? Do you pray with that kind of confidence, that kind of assurance? When I'm waffling, when I, I'm unclear about things, I can guarantee you it's a lack of time with Christ in the school of prayer. And again, if you miss everything else I say, don't miss this. Jesus is beckoning you to come with him into the presence of the Father and for him to teach you how to get wrapped up in the Trinity, in the fellowship of the Trinity, and for you, just like Jesus, to learn to do everything the Father wills. And it takes time in that school of prayer. Remember, Jesus says, I don't do anything I don't see my Father doing. Amazing. One of the most staggering things that is just, again, so overlooked is the most distinguishing mark in Jesus's life was his prayer life. Was his prayer life. He was up early before dawn, hours, all night sometimes with the father praying. This is why the disciples came to him, teach us how to pray. How do we do that? And we see this all through um, the, the, the main discipline, the mark on his life was, man, when things got busy, when the crowd got busy, right? He didn't just in dive into the crowd. He always removed himself to the mountain to be with the Father. In the good times, in the bad times, he was always removing himself. Even from his disciples, let them go on. I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to be with the Father. And so I just asked you this morning is, where are you at in that? Has anybody taught you, and this is, again, should be priority when we enter into discipleship groups. Is somebody showing you how, let's go to the Father. Let's go get his will. Let's go get his, his wisdom. James 1, he promises it for those who will ask. Do you know how to go to that space? Do you know something of the experience of entering into, with Jesus, into that schoolhouse of prayer and just learning to receive the love of the Father, learning to what it is to be a child of God, Abba, learning to have your faith rise, your assurance that he's going to answer your prayer, learning to, as we're going to read, he knows what you need before you ask. 
Learning to set aside your worries and anxieties and focus on the glory of God and to realize that God is going to take care of all these lists of things that, that we're so consumed with when we get wrapped up in just being with him and having our whole countenance change and be reoriented to what is he concerned about. This is where the abundant life, this is where the joy and the excitement of the reality of walking with God comes in. In John 15, the reality of Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but friends, because I want to bring you, introduce you to my Father, and I want him to speak clearly his will and guidance into your life. The abundance, right? The adventure of, of walking right with God. And uh, folks, there's nothing more distinguishable that we should learn if our Lord the most distinguishing mark on his life was his prayer life. How much more for us? And so my journey began with, <laughs> with right out of the chute on that issue of, dang, does any, would anybody, my family or anybody else say, Steve, man, that, that Woodrow guy, he's a man of prayer. He, he's, a, he's a man of prayer. Man, prayer marks his life. And I started thinking about it. I don't think anybody would say that. It's like, oh, all right, we, Jesus, it's time to go to the schoolhouse. It's time to reorient the structure of my life, where I'm getting my wisdom, and re, re, renew myself back to that time with Jesus in the schoolhouse, right, of prayer. And um, I listened to the audio book while I was driving and then read it you know, um, throughout the, the time. And, and, um, and guys, I, I would just throw this out. Man, I, when was the last time you just, you, you set a date with God? You gave him a day. You gave him two days. You gave him three days alone. Just you and God. Just to enter into that schoolhouse. To renew your fellowship. To show him he's the most important person in your life to reestablish setting aside your anxiety. You need to get clarity, right? To, to just, right? Um, now, now, here's something interesting. You know the greatest tool, the greatest um, weapon against loneliness is being alone with God. No one will ever feel isolated. No one will ever be, be struck and, and consumed with the, the horrors and the, the plight of loneliness if you learn how to be alone with God. Amen. Right? Is that, I want that to sink in. Loneliness is impossible. And it is attacking the isolation. Everything is happening right in our culture today is, is just multiplying loneliness, isolation, everything, even inside the church. And so it might seem counterintuitive, but what I'm saying to you is what Jesus did is go get alone with the Father. And you will be overwhelmed by the presence of God in your life. And by the way, when you, that becomes a, a reality in your life, it needs to be brought to others. Come with me. Right, let's go before the Father. Let's get this loneliness attacked because I know, because I'm talking to people, I know the battle right now of feeling alone, disconnected, confused, uh, just on and on and on, right? And folks, I, we're going to see it when we look in text, but 
I tell you, it, it's like work to disconnect. Disconnect from social media. Disconnect from that thing on your phone. I'm, going, I'm with the Lord. The only, the only thing I want is to hear his voice. If you're not able to do that, I'm here right now, you will not hear his voice. You will not enter into that place that Jesus bids you to come and to be undistracted. And, and here's the other thing. As soon as you set out to do this, I'm here to tell you, there's going to be a, a war like you've never seen. There's going to be more distractions in your mind and your time and everything else. It's, it's a full-out war to get yourself to an undistracted place where you know you're with God. And here's the kicker. There's no place you'd rather be. And I just ask you honestly, is, is that the case? And this is what I had to wrestle with. Lord, I, I've been living like there's a lot of other places I'd rather be than with you. And I've also been living like I've got enough wisdom and know how to, how to do what I need to do without being with you. And, so, folk, it, 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 and somebody has to teach us that. Jesus had to teach the disciples. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Come with me to pray with me. He left the larger group, says, pray with me, for me. Go a little further in, his, his inner circle, pray with me. And he, what did he do? He went further. This is profound. He went further to be alone, undistracted with the Father, to hear his voice. And then you know the story, he comes back. Everybody's snoozing, right? At least we can relate, right? Could you not pray with me for one hour? One hour. Do you realize how critical this is if we want to follow God, if we want to experience his power? And folks, this is a whole other topic. We might get to it, but it's in this schoolhouse of prayer. This is where power comes from. This is how Jesus was able to walk away, move, remove from his time with the Father, and step into the world with the power of God, the kingdom of God on earth as it is right in heaven. And so I just commend to you to take an honest evaluation of your prayer life and to just ask God, Lord, I want this to be the, 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 the place I want to be. I want to desire to be alone with you. I want to, to enter into that place and experience you. And folks, a lot of us need someone to show us how to do that, to pray with us, to lead us in. That's, and what I'm saying to any discipleship groups that are going on out there, and I commit it to our microchurches, prayer should be a priority. We should be leading people into the presence of God. Prayer is not some discipline. It's just getting through a checklist. Well, let's pray for this. Let's pray for this. It's about, first and foremost, as Jesus modeled for us, being in the presence of God. And that's what we're about here. First and foremost, we're about honoring him, setting aside everything else and honoring him and putting all glory to him and expecting his presence as he promised to be with us. And then to pray and worship, right? And to expect this fellowship, right, with God. All right, let's just dive in here. A couple things um, this morning, well, maybe more than a couple but pick up, I'm going to just pick up in verse 5. I'm just going to make some thoughts and maybe share a little bit about my, my journey last week. Um, verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. These are Jesus' words to the disciples who had asked him, how do we pray? How do we do this? How do we do what you do? How do we go off and be alone with God and, and, and leave that place 
a different, empowered with the presence of God. How do we do that? When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, now you say, well, you know, we're, we don't have too much of a problem with that anymore, you know. But I will, I just, I'll, I'll, I just want to throw this out. Back in this day, um, and you see it in Paul's journeys, is every city or community had a place where, where people would go and they would pray publicly and they would seek God. And it was a place you could go, like in, Philipp, in Philippi, it was down by the river. That's where people go to pray. That's where, you know, if you want to talk to somebody who's hungry about God, that's where you go. You know, of course, it was also the synagogue, but that was just for Jewish people primarily or for those who were proselytized who were going that way. So I ask you, where today, if you enter a new city, if you go somewhere, where do you go to find people who are hungry for God, who are praying, and who are, are interested and passionate about God? Where do you go? Yeah, right. Jesus says, my house is to be a house of prayer. And so I just want to say that to orient ourselves to realize, wow, this place should be open. And I would just say to anybody is that the staff is here and others, people are meeting here. This is a place to come and pray. This is a place to come and get prayed for. It's open 20, well, not 24 seven, but at least all day long, right? For people to come in here and pray and to bring others to pray with, Right? This is the place, and it should be even more place, an expectation among us that people who are hungry, people who are lonely, people who are struggling and looking for God, who honestly are God's seekers, they should find their way here. And we should invite them here, right? It should be a place of prayer, a place where people, right, seek God. He says in verse 6, he says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Wow. I just ask you this profound question and this is part of God reestablishing me. Where's your secret place? Where's the place you go to meet with God on a regular basis? Undistracted from anyone else. Now, you might see this seems a little legalistic, but here's the reality is we need a secret place. If you don't have one, for Jesus, that meant getting up really early and hiking out to a solitary place to be away from any distraction. For us, I'm going to say as clear as I can, if your phone or iPad is with you, it will never, ever happen. And if it doesn't happen first thing in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. And here's the first step of when Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Now, I think a lot of times we think deny myself. We think about things, you know, what, how do we think? But the primary, here's the primary application. This is where it begins is if I can't deny myself time, extra sleep, my routine, because I want to be with the Father in that secret place. And we see the corporate aspect of prayer. We're going to see that here in a minute with the Lord's Prayer and obviously when we gather the church, but we have to have a secret place. And so I just ask you, is there a place you have that you can go? And this is, this is not legalism. This is planning to be 
with the Father. Just like a prayer retreat or a day alone with God, this is every day. Lord, if you don't have it planned ahead of time, guess what? That alarm's going to, it's not going to happen. And quickly it's going to fade away. We're going to get busy. And so I, I just commend to you the command of God. This is not like uh, optional. Go, Jesus says, to your secret place. Where is that place where you said, Father, I'm going there. And I'm going to deny myself my time, and I'm going to get up early. I'm going to deny sleep so I can be with you. That's what he's saying. And so we need our secret place. And how what we really should be talking to each other about right now is not all the junk going on and concerned about who's doing this or who's doing that. What we really need to be talking to each other about right now is are we obeying the word of God? I'd like to see among God's people in America today more passionate about God's people obeying the word of God and encouraging each other to obey the word of God than all this other crap that's going on. Does that make sense? This is where we should be passionate. Brother, sister, where's your secret place? Where's that place where you're going to meet, where you're taking the hand of your Savior and he's taking you in to the very presence of the Father? And folks, you know in Romans 8, it says Jesus is right at their hand, the Father, interceding for you, ongoing. Romans 8 also says the Holy Spirit is there. We don't know how to pray as we ought to. He's the one interceding for us. So you have this amazing thing going on. Jesus is leading us because no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, right? No one. So I've got to take his hand. First, I have to know him. First, I have to know I'm saved in him and take his hand and enter into that place, right? <clears throat> and folks, without a secret place um, that's alone, without anything, without anything, I, I, I just, I can't say this enough. If you struggle with loneliness, purpose, affirmation, love, the only way to actually be overwhelmed, be transformed, is to learn to be alone with God. He will do a mighty work there. But that requires us to deny ourselves and to step into that place regularly to meet him and to cry out to him and let the word of God lead us right there. And boy, we are a distracted people Right? I mean, more than, we've got more distractions than ever in the history of the world, right? Um, and so part of my journey, I, I think I shared some of this with the elders this last week, but gosh, I'm telling you, it was like this wave of just, I just get focused. And you know, we're also people, we're not teaching each other because of our, you know, our screen time, everything else. We're not a people that know how to sit and really dwell and think on something for an extended period of time. Pascal said it. Our problem is our children can't stay in the room, right? They're fidgeting. You can't be alone and quiet with our thoughts and God. We're not training each other to do that. And even on my drive, it's like, boy, it's like, whoa, what? I'm off thinking about something. I'm just distracted. And it's, it's, Lord, focus me. Focus me, God. Let me just be consumed in your presence, my eyes on you, my thoughts given to you. And it's warfare. Because I'm telling you, what happens is when you start to do that, man, it's like, shoom, shoom. It's, it's all over the place. So I'm going to share one funny story. I could give you many of my distractions. It was like this wave. And then I'm just telling you, there was a certain time about the third day where I got to, I was, you know, and the other thing, changed context like Jesus did. 
Have their secret place, but that secret place also will be just walking with the God alone, hiking with him alone, right? Kneeling with him, standing while you praise, we'll see. Whatever it may be, right? And so I'm driving down one part of uh, Texas, and, and uh, I'm in my truck, and, um, and only those of you who understand trucks and men and will really get this. But I'm driving along, and I think the trucks in Texas just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger tires, bigger trucks. I mean, they're massive. It's, it's like, and I'm driving along, I'm like, that is the coolest truck ever. And, uh, you know, and then slowly my mind's getting wrapped in, I need to put bigger tires. I need to jack my truck up. I need, you know, I'm sorry, but this is just what's going on, right? I'm just like, man, I, mean, I saw some amazing stinking trucks, right? Rigged out, right? And, um, and so my, I just got lost in this because I was having to take my truck to get oil change. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get them to, I just had this just wave of like what I'm going to do to my truck. And it, it, this went on, I don't know how long it went on for, right? So quick distraction, right? I'm driving, and I'm not lying, but I'm driving along this road, kind of a country road, but <clears throat> highway, this big truck's coming my way. And it kicked up this stone, and I have never, this stone was about that big, and I could see the stone, and it was headed straight from my head. That thing hit my windshield. It gave about a blowout, about that big, in the middle of my vision on my truck. And, uh, and I'm like, whoa, man. I mean, it was like, what happened? And, and of course, I'm like, rah, 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 rah. you know, um, just, you know, Brandon Richard just, you know, had a, a moment there <clears throat> of complaining. And maybe some cursing, I don't know. But um, so then, it's just so funny. So I'm just sitting there, and, and it was like as clear as a bell. I just started laughing. I was like, Lord, all right, I get it. I get it. I get it, right? I get it. You know, that's that, that stream of, and there's nothing wrong with big trucks, by the way, but um, that stream of thought, right, it's just a corrective like, okay, I needed that stone to get me back in line, right? Focus, God, right, on, on what you're all about. And folks, the, the, the battle of distraction will never get to that place if we can't learn to quiet our soul in the presence of God and learn to give ourselves to scripture meditation and to focus on him. And to just be able to quickly, no, get rid of that distraction. Lord, I give that up to you. I bind that thought, Lord. I bind that evil thought. Lord, I give you that anxiety. Lord, I give you. We don't spend time. He knows what we need before we ask, right? The secret place is a place to learn to get the distractions away so that our eyes are on him, right? And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that when they are heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Now, the school of prayer Jesus wants to take us to is one where what happens in that place, and the more I go to that place, is, is I get more consumed about pleasing God and his glory than I do my list. And I start to realize something in my life as I get to that place and I start delighting in him more, right? And, and, and setting my eyes and enjoying the presence of God and that my motives are to please him and get his glory in the world is what happens is things start falling in place. A sense of peace comes on me. I don't have to fret and worry and have my little list of Lord, take care of this. Lord, take care of that. I, I need this. I need that. Is, is man, there's this momentum and God knows what I need. 
He's going, and we could read further, right, in this chapter that says, seek first the kingdom of God. Right? Don't fret and worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, and all these things. He will, he's going he's to bring these things. And the majority of the, as we're going to see here in a minute, of the good things he wants to pour out upon us, he can't pour out on us if we're distracted and we stay myopic in our little world. And this is where he wants to lead. Jesus wants to lead us to that place to be an intercessor, to be a, a force in the spiritual realm for him that when we learn to be in that place, then we start lifting up others. We start more being more consumed about, Lord, we lift this person in your presence and we start praying the promises of God. Lord, break through. Lord, break through in this, right? And that's where he wants to get us. Is that my prayer life is more consumed about the kingdom of God and what God wants to do in the world and in nations and in people's lives and in my community and in my own church than in my own little life. He expands my heart to his heart. And that is the heart that he comes in power to empower to step out and bring about miracles and great deliverance, right? In our workplace, in our community and go on and on, right? And then he says this, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it's us. Give us daily bread, Lord. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So folks, a little thing that uh, is just practical, but it has, it, it has brought just wonderful freedom and change in my own prayer life. I try to make my first thought when I rise, in the, when I wake up, and even in the middle of the night, when I wake up, that right there. My Father. Make it personal. My Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And just let that be personalized. Let be drawn up into that, into the holiness and the, the uniqueness and the set-apartness of who he is, his love and his, his, that we can call him father, right? We're his child. Nothing can snatch us out of his hands, right? And, 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 and if you pray that, if that's on your, your, your heart, man, when you wake up, man, changes everything. Reorients me for the day, right? And, and, and before I get into the, the daily bread, before I get into the asking forgiveness. And, and folks, these next three things, remember, this is not to, we're not to pray this as some ritual. This is pray like this. Let these things be what define your prayer and the priority of what this looks like. And the daily prayer thing, the daily bread thing is now I transition to, Lord, everything I have is from you. you you'll take care of me. You said you promised you would take care of me. I'm your child. I trust you with this. I trust you, right? And then I move into, Lord, let me forgive others as you've forgiven me. What is that? It is living out the gospel in your life. It is living out the reality of the gospel that sin does not hold you back. It actually, because of the gospel, sets you free now to be a gospel agent in the world. Right? Lord, let me be that. Let me not be held back by my own sin. Forgive me. Boom. I'm ready to be a gospel agent. And then what about this? Leads not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Wow. Realize every day we should wake up and realize, Lord, <laughs> let me have spiritual eyes open. There's a real enemy for my soul who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We're in a war, a spiritual war. 
help me be spiritually sensitive to see that. Man, now I'm ready. I'm ready. Jesus, let me take your hand. Let me come into that place. All right? Let me just rest. Let me just rest. And to wait on the Lord for his voice. And you know what? It takes a long time. We're not, it doesn't happen in five minutes. Got to get through all the distractions. Got to get to that place. Jesus is waiting. Who is willing to come? Take my hand and come with me into the presence of the Father and rest and wait and be empowered. Who's willing to take all of my promises of prayer and to experience them? Who's willing to come to this place with me? in the schoolhouse of prayer. Chapter 7, he dives a little deeper into uh, the prayer life, and he says this in verse 7. Folks, listen carefully. This is a promise from God to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Not might. It will. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. What what is Jesus getting at here? The assurance of answered prayer. So I ask you, this is a huge thing for me that that God just kind of renewed in me um, this last week. He will and promises to answer your prayer. The question, have I taken Jesus' hand? Have I gotten to that place? And have I rested in that place and been willing to be in line with the will of God? And have I waited for clarity on the answer? Or have I just thrown up my prayer and then bailed out? So it's much easier just to throw a prayer up and just kind of bail out. And, oh, we have so many theological excuses. Well, that must be the will of God. Well, that must be the will of God that, that, you know, that, that prayer was an answer. Oh, we just move through life with unanswered prayer, and we never listen to these words of the old timers. We never pray something through to where we know we have an answer. How did Jesus do this? He came to the Father, and he, Lord, if it be your will, may this cut what? Be taken from me. Here's the model. And he went after it, and he went after it, blood, sweating blood, Right? And guess what? The father answered him. And the, question, and the answer was what? No. You're going to the cross. And what did Jesus do? Got up. Gentlemen, let's go. We've got to carry the will of God out. Have you heard God's voice that clear in your life? God, what he's saying right here is he wants to give you that kind of clarity. He wants to give you that kind of clarity in your life. To know, but you, you got to be in that place where you first are being, right? Well, the, the, the Father, I've got I've to enjoy that place and I have to believe in the goodness of my Father. We're going to see this in a minute, right? He wants to give good things and that this is this secret place that my Father is in secret and he sees in secret. Oh, there's so much there, right? Secret in the sense of, right? Heaven's there, it's coming. And there's no place that his eyes can't see what's going on in my heart or in my life, right? That's where he wants to meet us, in that spiritual realm, because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The word and spirit, right? Together. And um, man, he promises to answer your prayer. Do you pray like that? It'll transform how you pray. And again, we go to James chapter 1, come to me and ask. But if you ask with a double mind, if you, if you ask me with doubting, guess what? Zippo. 
You're like a wave that's just going to be tossed here. And folks, this is the church in America. We're a wave. We're being tossed here and fro. We don't even know what to ask. We have no confidence, it seems like, anymore. Right? He wants you to be confident because of his promise. He will answer. The question is, are you willing to go to that place? And are you willing to, what? Work it out. Are you willing to pray it through? Are you willing to go deep in that place with God and say, Lord, you promised you'd answer my prayer. I'm staying in this place. I'm going after this in prayer. I'm expecting you to answer me. That's how he wants us to come to him. And this passage goes on. This, is, ah, this is, should just blow our minds, right, what Jesus says here. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven, hold on to it, give good things to those who ask? But you know what? I got to spend some time in, in regular time and develop a, a habit of enjoying the presence of God so I can understand what's truly good. Because you know what? We think we know, but you know what? We, God has stuff that's so far beyond good of what we think is good, and he's ready to pour it out. But am I, am I going to that place? Dirk, you can come on up. Am I going to that place, right? And so just, there's so much more we could say here, gang, but um, I, I just, I commend you with some things. One is just to have this visual, right, in your mind that your Savior, your Lord Jesus, he is beckoning you. He's pleading, he's longing for those of you who will take his hand and come with him to this place that we see in multiple places, Romans 8 and others, where he wants to, he wants to abide with you. I mean, look at, look at John 14, 15, 16, right? If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask me what? Anything, and I'll give it to you. Now, we struggle with that kind of radical promise. The only way you struggle is because we haven't gone to that place. He wants you to come with him to that place. And the other thing is, well, who? Remember, the Lord's Prayer is our Father. It's to happen right in a group. And so I, I, I ask you, do you have a prayer partner? Do you have a prayer team? Do you've got one, two, or three of people that, but what, you, you come together and you're, 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 you're pressing in to heaven together. You're calling out the promises. You're learning how to pray together. You're, it's a vibrant time. It's not just a solemn. It's an exciting time. It's a passionate time to press into the things of God. I encourage you, pray about that. Get a prayer partner. And if you're in a discipleship group, it should be a part of that. It should be a time of learning how to pray together and praying for each other and expecting God right to answer in that. right. And um, I challenge all of our microchurches. Prayer needs to be uh, a formative time in that. For us here, when we corporately gather, this would be a house of prayer. We're going to pray right now. It's for all of us to pray. You can pray right where you're at. You can pray out loud. You can stand and pray. You can kneel and pray. It's a place of freedom. It's a pray. We just go into the presence of God, right? And hear the prayers of God's people, right? So um, the final thing I would say is get a secret place. Get a secret place. And these are the kind of things that we should be talking to each other about. These are the kind of things that we should be exhorting and encouraging each other about, right? Not all the other junk that's going on that's consuming our conversation. And by the way, dividing us. It needs to be, where's your secret place? 
How's that time going? Come on, brother, sister, let's get with it. Matter of fact, I'll text you this morning. Encourage you, let's get up, let's go for it. Right? Some of us need that. Ask for it. Right? Ask for it. That's how we push each other on, right? So let's do what we've talked about. Let's enjoy his presence now. And, uh, and just enter a, a time of, of prayer. And, um, and just lead us in, in song and prayer. However, we, uh, however we're going to do this. We got to, do you have the, good. But um, let me just pray for us. Enter us in here. I would just say, this is a time of freedom. This is a time, right, with our last minutes here, is the body of Christ together to enjoy his presence. Talk to him. Just listen. Maybe you just need to sit there and just listen. Rest. Maybe you need to be prayed for. Come, sit with one of us or whatever. Let's pray for each other. Might be that God has something passionate on your heart. Come, get the microphone here. Brian's got it and pray for us. So Father, we come to you. Jesus, I for one ask forgiveness, Lord. Father, why would I not go there? Why would I not get my butt out of bed and go there? You promise abundance, goodness, power, clarity, endless pleasures forever. Lord, please rock our souls. Let's be a praying people, Lord. Praying church. Let's teach each other how, Lord, to take your hand, Jesus, to that special place that we're consumed by your presence, Father. And now come. You promised, Jesus, where your church is gathered together, your, your presence, your manifest presence is, is actually there in a special way. We expect that, Lord. You promised that. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come here and move. Do your work among us. Let's enjoy you now. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.